Welcome to If the Couch Could Speak. I am your host, Jessica Ehrman, licensed marriage and family therapist, CEO of Happy Little Brains. I have the wonderful panel with me this week. We're back to our kind of normal scheduled programming. This week we're going to be exploring us as therapists in the context of the people around us. So friends, family, even strangers, what that's like as a therapist. So before we get into that, no need for introductions. You should know who we are. If not, you should really be hitting that subscribe button and listening to past episodes. We're also on YouTube. We are on Spotify and a whole bunch of other podcast platforms. Some episodes are more fun to watch our faces and our lovely reactions, especially to things like our next segment here, Spider Pages. Awesomeness. Yes. Oh my goodness. I am ready. My name is Carissa, if you guys don't know. And we're on to Spider Pages. If this is your first time ever hearing this podcast, let me give you a quick rundown. Spider Pages is basically where we as therapists, coaches, or people in the mental health field, um, we have a discussion about when people licensed or associates there are some associates out here doing their doing the damn thing um when we royally fuck up so in the therapy realm um we have what's called a licensing board that puts into place our laws and regulations of how we are supposed to act when we are providing therapy in a professional capacity and sometimes when we royally fuck up we can lose our license or be suspended and it is talked about in what we like to refer to as the spider pages everything we say here will not be um like revealing anybody's real names we will use fictitious names of course and we're not here to bash anyone we're just here to make light have some fun and talk about these situations as they come up because you never know people out there that are sick of therapy some shit is wrong and if you hear something like the things that we're about to talk about, it's a red flag. You should run. You should not get therapy from anybody that does certain things like this. Okay. So with all that being said, let's get started. Um, I'm sure a lot of you um, that are listening, that are subscribed, were having fun with us with the spider pages. I did switch it up at the last moment. I was going to talk about one that included sex. But we switched it up to talk about uh, something else. So if you were listening, you know what that something else was. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that we can't still talk about sex this podcast, which is what we're going to be talking about now. I know you guys are ready for it. Let's jump right into it. Okay. So now as we're getting here, let me come up with a name because I feel like we always have the same type of name. And I feel like let's let's come up with a different name, you know, let's come up with a different name. I'm willing to go with, um, let's see, toxic. Oh, maybe it should be sexual. Should I go? So it'd be like more like spicy today. Let me guys see. Kinky? Like, like, you, you want to use the adjective kinky? Kinky? I Ooh. thought he says stinky. Okay. I don't <laughs> Maybe stinky. stinky yeah, kinky. you better think it would be stinky, stinky kinky. kinky. How about stinky kinky? Stinky kinky? Stinky kinky. Oh, stinky <laughs> kinky. Okay, yeah, that's better. Good. Stinky kinky. <laughs> there we go. 
That is so wrong on so many levels. Good name. We well, you know what? You you went there. You know, I didn't go there, but you went there, so we're there. (laughs) This show is not politically correct, guys. I love you guys just for the fact that you jumped on that. (laughs) David's the one that says stinky. You're right. I did. Okay. To the spider page. Okay. What happened to the the stripper turned therapist? (laughs) Wow. Okay. Stripper turned therapist. I like it. Let's go for it. Um, (laughs) So, no, this one, um, this is more of a therapist, basically, kind of like ones that we've talked about before, where the therapist actually pursued a client that they were working with. That is a big no no. Okay. We are not, therapy should never include sex. In California, we have a brochure, but for other states, if you don't have the brochure, it doesn't include sex. That's what happened in this story. Let's get to the nitty gritty. The nitty. <laughs> gritty details sticky kiki. <laughs> a sticky kiki oh my gosh okay so here we go so this person was providing therapy with this client okay and they were doing actually individual therapy the client actually came to this therapist for um let me see i think it was actually for um was that me was that somebody else Nobody hear that? Okay, there I was like heard a, it, but it wasn't me. Okay, I was, I was like, oh mute. my god, what was that? <laughs> okay, there was like a ding sound, guys. Sorry that threw me off. Um, so there was a therapist that was working with this client. The client was seeing them individually. Um, the therapist started to make um, advances toward the client, in which case they were suggesting that they should have therapy, you know, outside of the session, that they should, you know, spend more time with each other, um, that they should text each other more often. And it just kind of one thing led to another, if you get what I mean. This kind of exploded, in which case the therapist um, was in a hotel with the client. Um, They did engage in sex. Um, And unfortunately, um, that's kind of where things went south. Um, You know, the therapist started to have regrets about what they had did. They tried to stop therapy with the client. Uh, Yeah, things didn't go so well. (laughs) In which case, and this was the, the kind of scary part, right? Um, the client was like kind of stalking the therapist a little bit, um, was behaving, um, you know, it wasn't saying the right things. Um, the, the therapist started behaving erratically. I have here, um, was making incongruent statements, um, was following, like was trying to get the person, the, ther- the, the therapist was trying to get the client to stop contacting and the client finally went and pressed charges. Um, so long story short, this was not okay. Um, they shouldn't have been doing all of these, you know, sexy texts and whatnot. It shouldn't have escalated to sex and they shouldn't have tried to have a, a, a relationship with the person and then be like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, this is wrong and try to cover it up. Like, okay, you fucked up. 
you know, you fucked up. You weren't supposed to have sex with your client. And then all of a sudden you want to act like, you know, you're goody two shoes and you want to take it back and act like it never happened. It doesn't work that way. I get it. Sometimes we, we can't help who we love, but let's keep it outside of the therapy room. Like there are so many other prospects out there. We do not have to date or have sex with the people that are on our couch. Like, this is crazy people. Come on now. Absolutely. And as a, as a client, you should never you you should know that there's always going to be a power differential there, and it's never yeah, going to be equal. So it's never. Yeah, I think that's the thing that's uh, super troubling. I remember Josh, you know, or I think the first time you were on the podcast, or you you said something about you know a lot of uh, you know a lot of sex uh, sex addiction is about uh, it's really about power. And so I think, you know, um, I think this is bad, but um, I do think that the therapist magazine like overemphasizes like sex and drugs and doesn't emphasize like, which those, you know, does not good, but I think the problem is like the power differential and there's a myriad of ways that, you know, people, uh, therapists exploit clients that have nothing to do with sex or drugs uh, that they should probably also be in there. But um, yeah, definitely you should never have sex with your client. And uh, you know, it's, it's always good to recognize that power differential. So I think like, like we were saying, like it's good as therapists, like even if you only do one therapy session your entire life as a client, to feel what that's like to be in that client chair because there definitely is a power dynamic and it's not so obvious when you're on the therapist side but when you're in the client chair it's pretty you can pretty clearly feel it so yeah it's always good to be mindful of that uh, like you said christy that uh, power differential yeah and mm-hmm. it also brings up the point of stop taking your clients to hotels that should yeah. be the number kinky one kiki 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 you know what's so funny about this because we should have kept kinky because i realized one of the messages are are the communication that they said was um stinky kinky actually um, <laughs> they said that they were um they wanted to just live life to the fullest and they like to go after things that they couldn't have the See, client or the therapist? The, the therapist. Therapist. Mm-hmm. Like you said something, yeah. Chris, earlier. Said we can't help what we love, right? And mm-hmm. okay, I'll give you that. But we can one hundred percent control our behavior. Yep. You and know, we're always teaching our clients all these wonderful skills. If we're not practicing it ourselves, like what the fuck? But also with the heaviness <clears throat> of what we deal with when it comes to addiction, when it comes to you know, relationship things, all the plethora of things that people come to therapy for as a therapist holding space for that. If you can't control your urges and you have trouble with things that you're not supposed to have, that's a big load of yikes, fam. Yeah. And I think also like we have to remember that we're dealing in a very vulnerable Mm -hmm. space and it's, and it's very, it's very intimate and it can be very easy to have that sort of feeling, you know, something, something. And I guess like for some folks, if you're not used to that, you're like, this is something 
real instead of just recognizing this is just an intimate moment it doesn't have to be sexual and it's not yeah have that close i feel like here here it's not even that because why why would they invite them to a hotel like obviously what what is your like what is your thought process like where when did you start thinking that was a good idea they already crossed (laughs) the line a long time ago clearly by the time they get there they've already gone off the rails josh sorry i see you now (laughs) there were there were so many uh potential clients in this world that I can mm-hmm. think of the people I've met in my life who shouldn't get mental health help. And it's like less than one hand. Yeah. If you know enough about yourself that you're just going to try to be banging the clients, maybe you go for a different kind of client. Maybe if you, mm-hmm. you know, only see men, only see women, only see adults, only see children. Just, you know, maybe you can, like I said, it's not like yeah. there's a shortage of people out there. Um, why not just specialize outside of whatever Where your, your interests lie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You can't draw that boundary because they're sitting across from you, but you love what you do. Make sure they're not sitting across from you. That's a good I, idea too. I just find it super fascinating because we hear a lot of these stories. But it's like, it's when it happens after the fact, they're like, oh, like once they get what they want, once that taboo line is crossed, all yeah. of a sudden, I'm trying to like, go back. Yep. <laughs> and then that's a really, really good point, yes. segueing into our next section, which is knowing limitations, knowing mm-hmm. our boundaries. So one thing that I've ran into as a clinician is when people find out I'm a therapist from the lady in the checkout line to people I meet at a party to friends to strangers. When people find out I'm a therapist, a lot of people emotion dump or trauma Mm. dump. But when people find out I'm a video game therapist, it's something entirely different. It's, oh my God, you play Minecraft. The conversation is completely different. So knowing how it is for myself, I would like to hear from you guys when people, what the first question is, what do you tell people when they ask what you do for a living? And if it's one or someone or in a situation where, you know, you might get trauma dumped, how do you navigate that? Do you know what's funny is that my first career was, I I was, I used to be a phlebotomist. And so I've been teaching phlebotomies. I don't know if you don't know what that is. It's how to draw blood using needles and stuff like that. And so that whole career, the whole 12 years I've been doing that, if I mentioned phlebotomy, everybody in the brother suddenly has their story of when they got stuck by somebody and this, that, and the other thing happened. And then they have to tell me the joke about how I'm a vampire, you know? And so then to move into another field where there's very much a big reaction when they find out what you do, like no one gave a shit that I was a teacher, but they give a shit that I was a phlebotomist. And now you say you're a counselor and right, you get that same thing. But I think for me, it doesn't, like, I'm just so freaking used to it because, like, everybody's got a fucking horror story about the hospital that they went to. And, you know, and those are traumatic, too. So now with counseling, when they trauma dump on me, I already know how to just be like, okay, and just dissociate. And be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. You know, <laughs> and then move the fuck on. <laughs> so I don't know. That's just my, I always thought that was kind of a weird parallel in the two careers that I've had. <laughs> <laughs> What I find for me is, you know, it's interesting too. So on one end as a client, as a, I mean, as a therapist meeting with clients, 
I get clients that are like, oh, you know, you've probably heard this before, or you've probably heard worse things, you know? And that is so contrary to when I'm outside of work and they find out I'm a therapist and they're like, oh my gosh, like, here's my story. And it's the craziest thing that ever happened. And so it's just, you know, one is like that power mm-hmm. dynamic, like, oh, you know, like I'm being super vulnerable, but then out here, all everyone wants to share and mm-hmm. talk about all of this stuff. And what do you, what is your advice on this? And what, are, you know, and so it just, I just, to me, my experience, I have people opening up um, around other people that know them. When I meet people, they're like, this person has never opened up before, or they've never shared this like shit before. And I'm like, I don't know. It's probably <laughs> because I'm a therapist you know, and they're, they're not going to therapy, but they're like trying to get that free, that free good, good, you know? So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) that's me. Yeah. The first time, the first time I ever noticed anything like this was actually years and years ago. I was working at a call center and we sold DVDs and CDs. It was a $300 package created by an LCSW for uh, the parents of defiant children. And I learned at that point to use a lot of the reporting skills I had. This was to make extra money uh, and ask questions. And because I was, they were calling in to me, I could ask some really hardcore personal questions about how totally fucked up their kids were and how totally <laughs> fucked up they were stuff that nobody sitting to the le- left or right of me would even understand or know how to handle but because of the power structure kind of like David talked about mm-hmm. that because I was just you know I, I, I'm Jake from State Farm they will tell me anything and that's exactly kind of what it's like now I notice when and and you really want night and day when you tell somebody that you you focus on pornography addiction oh, yeah. or betrayal mm-hmm. trauma mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. like it's either they take a big step back <laughs> or they lean into yeah. or something that's going to be really out or that they think is going to be really out there and it's like I once saw a video with three people having sex Wow, wow. Your eyes haven't burned out. That's, I imagine the trauma you're thinking. Uh, I love it. Your eyes didn't go blind. That's what's weird is I think, I don't know if I, I'm sure it would be a very different reaction if it wasn't so in your face sexual uh, with, with what I do. And I love what both of you two brought up in terms of clients being like, Oh, like, I'm afraid to say this for everyone listening. If you haven't listened to our previous episode of the crazy shit we have heard in session, trust me when I tell you this, we have seen it. We have heard it. There is very little, very, very little that you can say that either a, we haven't heard before B haven't experienced ourselves or seen. Right. So interesting that you both bring that up, that the parallels of like, Oh my goodness. And then people sharing. I also like Sam, what you mentioned of how it's kind of normalized in the people around you of, Oh, I I guess it's kind of cool to go to therapy. David, I want to hear from you. Um, on which part? (laughs) On when people ask you what you do. Oh, um, I, I usually tell them the truth that I'm uh, an FBI agent. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so honest. Yeah. I, 
no, but uh, no, I usually tell people I'm a therapist. Um, you know, uh, I did have one experience where um, I, I think I was at a bar celebrating one of my friend's birthdays and uh, somebody, one of his friends uh, just wanted to talk. And I was just like, I kind of regretted it. Um, mm -hmm. But in fact, and even in that moment, uh, I think it was my friend who offered up that I'm a therapist. So I told him not to do that. But generally speaking, um, most people uh, don't do that. I mean, maybe they'll, they'll ask a question here or there, like, um, yeah, about, uh, or, yeah, but honestly, most people just kind of, I feel like, respect the profession now in maybe a way that they didn't, like, 10, 20 years ago, and so... Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. mostly what it is. And, you know, they know that, you know, we have to keep confidentiality. So they don't really ask me much about it. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's mostly just uh, kind of, um, you know, wow, that's, you know, really, really nice that you do that. And I appreciate that they appreciate it. And, and we kind of go from there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about you, Carissa? Um. I'm actually really jealous by everybody's answers because I don't get that experience. <laughs> and I don't want to come out and say, is this a black person thing? What the fuck? <laughs> but generally speaking, like, like regular person on the street, like, or, or like, you know, a friend of a friend that when they find out I'm a therapist, I always get questioned. Yes. I get a little bit of that too. I get like, I there's never, people? yeah, there's never a, a like, oh my gosh, like, tell me about blah, 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 blah. Do you think I should do something different? Right. It's always like, oh, okay. So you're a therapist, right? Like the, oh, oh, a massage therapist. No, no, no. I'm a physical therapist. Oh, I'm so glad I'm I not the only one. <laughs> Have you ever had anybody ask me that? Wow. Half the, time. Half the time I'm like, you wish. No, That's what a stinky kiki told her. Guy, I'm a physical thing. Does anybody ever ask you guys like, oh, so you see crazy people? Yeah. Like, yes. I'm the craziest. People, the question, the two questions I get are, are you a physical therapist or a massage therapist? Not massage therapist, but physical therapist. And then are you married? Are you married? Yeah, massage <laughs> therapist comes up quite frequently. I've never been asked that. That's so funny. Yeah, that is so funny. And then the other part of it is like, oh, I bet you you work. Um, you've had some really crazy stories. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Is the is the other one? Um, and then the question about like my credentials, <laughs> like you know, uh, oh, so what did you like? You know, so you went to grad school, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, so does that mean you've got a doctorate? Oh, no, I have a, a master's. Oh, okay, well, are you going to go get a doctor? Oh, I hate that freaking question. <laughs> For me, I'm like, bitch, I already have, I have two masters. I don't need a fucking doctorate. No, like, I mean, thank I would you, go. Thank you, Chris. Great. I would take you everywhere with me. Pay, <laughs> if anybody wants to pay, I would go, but yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, I think that there is a lot of misconception about what you need to do to be a therapist and the there difference is. between a psychiatrist yeah. and a therapist. So they're like, oh, you know, yeah. I, that's what I I feel like because I have to mm -hmm. explain my role all the time. This is mm -hmm. what I do. Even today, what was the difference? I'm like, no, I can't prescribe you medication. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, I see a metaphorical hand up. What? 
Oh, I thought you unmute yourself. Sorry. Oh, I just. <laughs> She's trying to give you the platform. No, I mean, I, 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 I absolutely agree. That's why I, you know, thank God that I can, I can bullshit my way into being a coach because much, much, I mean, it's, 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 people do ask my credentials and it's like, I have none. I have none. I I've taken courses and I, and I was dragged through hell as an alcoholic and a porn addict. And, uh, I've read way too much and I've been in therapy for 25 freaking years. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Do, do you think I'm qualified? Yes. No sign here. Um, and, yeah. and, and that's to, I, I think a lot of these lines talking about how it's getting more uh, accepted, I think telehealth versus regular health. I think a lot of these lines of what a, what a therapist is versus what a coach is versus what a psychiatrist is. I think a lot of this is going to become very, very blended. And I think that, you There's know, a ton of overlap. Absolutely. I mean, there are, I mean, so, something like the geek therapy, which, you know, I've learned so much about sitting here, uh, mm-hmm. over the last few months talking to y'all I had heard of it before and it sounds it makes absolute sense to me but I I bet that you, you take so much shit from like old school you know therapists or psychiatrists mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. and it's just it's this change of I'm just thinking of this change of the world that's happening and this big shift like I don't think since like the 1920s or maybe even the maybe the 60s but there just seems to be this social shift happening and and I just think mental health is going to be such a major part of it in a way that it wasn't back in the roaring 20s or the 60s mm-hmm. when there were giant uh, cultural changes. Absolutely. I, I almost feel like it's not just like a show. It's not like we're pivoting, like everybody as a society is pivoting from one way to another. What I feel like is happening is we're opening the door wider to create a, a much more broad spectrum of options out there because you know what my parents want like when i told my dad i want to open sweary therapy you know it's just fucking therapy he's like i'd never call you and i'm like you're not my niche population but his buddies who live off the grid up in maine were like this is fucking awesome you know they thought it was the coolest thing ever you know there's a different kind of therapist out there for folks like my dad than there is for me than there is for those folks and i think that that's like the instead of a shift it's more of a an opening and and an extension It really is because when I tell people I'm a geek therapist who works with kids, I get one of two reactions. When they find out I work with kids, the most common question I get is why or (laughs) by choice. But being able to play video games in session, that's the other reaction I get is, oh my God, I didn't even know that was a possibility. My kid won't talk to anybody, but if he's sitting in front of Roblox, you can get so many things out of them Mm -hmm. and it's true Mm -hmm. when you meet clients in their world whether it be porn addiction whether it be video games hopefully not in a hotel but in (laughs) not in a hotel not in a hotel ever but in these porn video games in a hotel right right what happening are we invited virtual reality (laughs) that's where it's going oh no but you're right you're right with the vr i i actually oh my god that just made me think of like weird ethical strangeness things i could then will be reading in the spider pages like Mm -hmm. porn vr therapy set what Mm -mm. i'm i'm oh my gosh it's not I'm surprised it's not a thing, honestly, because oh, probably I, is someone. there is a such thing as kinky D&D for sex therapy, where you don't really role play the sex scenes, you would, the sex scene would happen, and then 
it moves on, right? But it's not actively acted out. But things like that can help explore fetishes in a safe way. But there are the ethical dilemmas. There are the ethical guidelines. But it's so interesting to see, like, Sam's area of anime and nerddom and geekdom. And you have animal therapy. You have life coaches working on porn addiction. You have chess therapy, laughter in therapy, geek therapy, all of these uniquenesses to show that therapy isn't just talking about your feelings. It can be video games. It could be so much more. So that brings us into the outside of us in our own personal life. So I hear this all the time from friends or from some family members. Stop therapizing me. Oh, God. Or, or in friendships, I get people who sometimes emotion dump and forget that I'm a person too at the end of the day. And sometimes it's hard having eight hours of session and then coming on to Messenger and seeing 10 something messages in a row of just trauma dumping. Sometimes we don't have the spoons. I'll start out with something that helps me with the therapizing family or friends. I have a significant other who also is in the field, which we'll go into in the next segment. But I often like to ask, do you need therapist Jess or do you need friend Jess right now? Because it can mm -hmm. be so easy to jump into the, oh, fix it mode that, you know, we should be in fix it mode with our clients, but let's be real. We're the ones who are expected yeah. to have the answers. And when it comes to our friends, it can be so easy to jump into, oh, let me help you versus just sitting there and being that ear. So I'd like to hear from you guys. Do you guys deal with friends and family saying, hey, stop therapizing me? Do you have family and friends who are also therapists? Does that make it any different? What's that like for you? How do you have that boundary for yourself? My dad, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry, I was gonna say my dad is probably the most guilty about telling me to stop therapizing him. But he does it only when I disagree with him or I tell him like, hey, man, that's not cool. You shouldn't say that. You know, I don't like that. And he's like, oh, quit being your therapist. Quit, take your counselor hat off. He'll always give me shit for it. It drives me nuts, like absolutely crazy. But what you said about like, which hat should I wear? My sister and I have been doing that with each other for a long time. Um, where when one of us wants to talk about something, it's like, is this just a vent? And you want me just to agree with you and tell you, yep, I agree, he's a total asshole. Or are we looking for solutions? Which hat should we put on? Because, you know, some of us may have got into this field because we tended to be a little bit of a Mrs. Fix-It kind of person, you know? So it's it's important for me to kind of ask, like, is that the, is that the version of me you want right now? Um, and I'm curious, like when you say like how it also plays a role, like does anybody ever feel like you should be able to manage your relationships better because you're a therapist? Because I know I'll get all sorts of weird, like I should be better at this. You feel that too? Oh, yes, yeah. all the time, all the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. In my clock, it would go to Josh next. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, it's funny because like I, I mentioned a a. a short-term gig I did as a, as a call center, so, so much I found of my life has just been telling stories, whether I'd been a writer or whether I was doing visual layout with magazines or even with this, and because that's the way that I communicate. And I remember all the way back to college, people stumbling into my room and I was not the guy you called to hang out with or go party with or anything like that. 
I was the guy you came in and sat down in my chair and I talked to you for two hours and you told me how awesome I was at talking to you. And then you didn't talk <laughs> to me for the next three months. And uh, I, I guess I've just always kind of been that way. And I think that's how I, I came in this direction. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I take that much different except from my wife who has noticed that my uh, speaking patterns are a little bit different than they used to be. And how I use a lot of the, you know, terminology and phraseology that comes out of recovery, comes out of mental Mm -hmm. health, comes out of just having to say the same thing to people Mm -hmm. over and over and over. Um, yeah, I think that, that to me is, uh, that to me is the biggest difference is when she's like, I can tell you've had a full day of coaching because you are talking (laughs) like a coach the rest of the night. And the days that I'm not doing that, I'm not doing my kind of sing song deliberate type type talking. So that, that's that's the only real difference. It, it's I've always I've always communicated with people the same way. Um, and I know if someone's in a rush, I'm not the dude to talk to. Um, <laughs> you know, if someone's in a hurry, I'm not the guy to talk to. I suck when I have to do radio interviews because those are real quick answers. Like I love three hour pod. I'd rather do a three hour podcast. Nobody listens to than a five minute radio show that I know a hundred thousand people are listening because I just know content wise, it's going to suck. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that, that, that's the big difference for me. I know it's just kind of like body motions and the people around me um, they're just used to me because I just, I just do me for the most part where I go now. Um so uh, yeah, uh, if I'm gonna go that way, I'm gonna go to Carissa next. All right. Um, I loved this question. I think it was so super cool. Um, I think for me, it's a little different. Um, and I think it's different only because of how I've approached um, learning therapy and how I've tried to compartmentalize it. Uh, and I, and again, I take this, you know, with a great, take this with a grain of salt. I'm probably not doing it the correct way. I'm still learning, but I, I feel like at, at first I kept both separate, like a separate identity. Um, and now I feel like I, I'm more comfortable bringing, you know, the fun, the laugh, the jokes, Carissa into therapy. Um, and then that's, but I still leave the therapy, Carissa, at work. And I do get the, the, um, the stuff about stop therapizing me. That pisses me off so much, um, especially from my family, um, because I'm just like, you know what, like I was your daughter or sister or insert whatever role I am before I became a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately with friends, it's kind of like, you know, you either all of a sudden have the friends that you graduated with or colleagues that you networked with. Um, because when you have friend, long-term friends, especially um, those of color or those that are not on board with therapy, they get ghosts real quick. <laughs> and it's not that you're a bad friend or anything like that it's just that oh my god this person's a therapist what are they going to know about me like what if I do something and they point it out like they can see everything they know it makes them comfortable it makes them uncomfortable Mm -hmm. yeah and you know like no shade to them like you gotta do you like whatever makes you feel comfortable but just realize like that is a thing that happens and it's unfortunate and it's sad um but yeah like I loved this question um so for me if I go next 
Would it be Jess? I don't know, but Jess, didn't you go already? Yeah, I mean, kind of. So, I mean, I talked about how with friends and family, I talk about, you know, do you want Jess or therapist Jess? But the the other thing that I get is I, I work with teens. I work with kids and they rub off on me a lot. And sometimes I don't realize I pick up on a lot of the memes on TikTok and a lot of the lingo. And I am a TikTok therapist too. I know a lot of us are. So I'll bring that home sometimes like the, oh no, the table is broken. That becomes a running thing in my house for like weeks. And I know that drives my fiance fucking nuts. So that's another part of like, stop talking TikTok, Jess. But also like, where are you getting this? You don't say this, this is not Jess. So sometimes I have to be mindful of that, especially after a long day where I have teens back to back. Like I straight up had to explain what Rick rolling is yesterday and I never felt older in my life. But things like that is really hard to go back to normal Jess. I mean, like y'all, I don't change who I am in session as much, but that if you talk to kids all day long, you're going to be saying some really, really whack things at the end of the day. So I'm going to pass it off to who hasn't gone. Sam? Yeah, so I feel like I'm very lucky and fortunate because my circle is mainly comprised of either 90% of therapists <laughs> and or people that are super into mental health and are going to therapy as well. Um, and so that has created a really healthy friendship circle where we can just with a lot of empathy a lot of you know being friends but also you know what I mean like it's 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 really nice um so it's not sometimes you do get the oh like I know you're right but they'll talk to me because they know they're gonna get that you know what I mean they know that they're gonna get the like are you setting your boundaries or whatever and that's how we hold each other accountable um I think in regard to others outside of my like inner circle, um, I get the opposite of like, don't therapize me. I get the, can you please help? You know, so I'll get these calls. Can you talk to so-and-so, you know, my, my, I don't know, my mom's friend at work, their kid is having problems. I know that you really are good with this. Can you just, you know, and I have to explain how these rules go, or I can provide resources, but I can't really do therapy and stuff. So I think that it's also different. Also, there's a cultural piece, you know, my mom is an immigrant from Mexico. And so it's just kind of like a lot of, I'm the first person in my family to go to college. So they're just kind of like, what does this mean? What is all, all of this? Like, can you help? Um, yeah. yeah. So a lot of stuff, a lot of like parentification in that sense, like, well, you know, you went to school and you, you know, like, what do you think we should do? And I'm like, oh, these roles are playing themselves out all over again. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, who else hasn't gone? David? I think it's David. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Sam. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I can kind of relate a little bit to what everybody's saying. I've certainly had the uh, you know, I think my mom be like, can you talk to someone? I'm like, no, I am off the clock. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, uh, you know, it's kind of been a balance. I remember I thought about this recently because one of my friends said like their dog died. And I realized like, 
like, wait a second. Like I've been told, like maintain your boundaries and, and all this. And I was like, but I don't want to like not acknowledge that his dog died. <laughs> so I think for me, the way I kind of uh, split um, the balance there is um, I just think that we should all be good people in our lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I will set boundaries in terms of like my time. If like, I can tell somebody where I get it a little bit, like, I don't think uh, necessarily they're asking me for advice, but I think people expect me to listen just a little bit longer than a normal person. So I feel like whenever somebody's talking to me, like I have this obligation to Mm -hmm. listen just a little bit longer than the average person might. Um, I don't like do therapizing, I don't think, but that's the, that's the most extent to which it gets. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think that like our, our essence should be like, we are, um, we are like good to people. Uh, and like, whenever I meet a therapist who's like, oh, like, I don't know, empathy is not that big deal. It was like, empathy is everything for me empathy is everything like if I have a therapist who's not like warm and accepting like it just doesn't work for me you know you like you've I've got to have a sense that you really care about me that's there's so much emphasis on like modality modality but really like if you don't have an empathic quality about you like I just like and I've interacted with therapists who do that I've I've um you know, interacted with people who give advice as therapists. And I was like, "Hmm, that's not what I do. But, you know, uh, but for me, uh, the way that I manage that is uh, I just try to be good to people, you know, in my life. So I don't therapize, but I just like, I don't want to not be good to people just because I'm not in therapist mode, you know, so just be good to people. Yeah. That's how I would do it. Yeah, and like, you know, I loved the discussion because it reminded me of like something else that comes up and is the whole expectation of we have to behave a certain way because of what we do. So like the, oh, you're supposed to be a therapist. Like, why did you get in an argument with your sister or brother or blah, 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 right? Like you should be more empathetic, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, if somebody is an asshole, you have a right to feel however you feel. You have a right to engage however you engage, you know, and, you know, with caveats that it's safe, of course. But other than that, um, like, hey, like our family, our friends, our loved ones, they hurt our feelings too. We're human. Just because I'm a therapist doesn't mean that I I go through a whole day of work and I come home and I'm hit with some bullshit from said person. And I'm all of a sudden supposed to be like, oh my God, like, wow, I can't imagine what it's like on your side. No, I just got home. I'm myself. You're not my client. I don't have to hold that space for you. This is not our relationship. Like, let's be accountable for our actions. Like, come on now. Like, let I, I should be allowed to still have the human or, or the, the parts of me that are outside of my job. We don't ask, you know, police officers to be a police at their home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dad, you're supposed to be a police officer. Like, why aren't you arresting my brother? <laughs> like, 
That's a good one. Fuck, I love that. That's so true. I hate when people say, I love, aren't you a therapist? I'm like, yes. And I'm and not I have on the my clock. Own therapist. Take a year and he's off now. <laughs> I love that you, you brought that up, Carissa, because that's a great transition or segue into our next portion which is dating or being in a relationship as a therapist so yeah no hearing that I was like ooh, ooh, at all of my family holidays and like you're supposed to be a therapist yeah that doesn't mean I can't create boundaries like that doesn't mean I can't call you on your shit when you're being a gaslighting manipulative asshole but for me I, I'm engaged for those of you that don't know, planning my wedding. Yeah, look at the shininess. <laughs> but my fiance and I are in similar fields, but there is a distance between where I'm at in my career and where he's at in his career. I am freshly licensed. I picked out my office today and he is going to be going into grad school. So the biggest thing that I struggle with is recognizing that he doesn't know everything I know. And sometimes I come across as a condescending asshole when I assume that he has all of the knowledge that I possess. I give him a lot of credit, honey, if you're listening to this, I love you. But I give him a lot of credit because he does keep up with when I vent about sessions. I keep PHI private, of course, and confidential, but we have those days where we just need to get it out. And he's able to keep up with that. Or if I'm brainstorming an idea for something, he's able to meet me there. But sometimes I get frustrated when he's not understanding something. Like when I was studying for my exam, he, I was explaining answers in a, not a roundabout way, but not directly on the card. And he didn't know that. And I got frustrated that he didn't know the material I'm studying for my exam. So that's kind of hard, but also with friends and family of them getting mad at us for calling out toxic behaviors, for calling out manipulativeness, for setting boundaries, especially like around the holidays. We are people too at the end of the day. We are entitled to our emotions. We are allowed to get pissed off just because we're therapists doesn't take the human out of it. So I'm going to pass it off to the person on my left, which is... Christy, go for it. You're still muted, babe. My thing keeps like unmuting and muting and unmuting and muting, so I don't know what's going on. Anyway, um, so I am married and I've been married for eight-ish years. Sorry, I don't know. And I went into this decision to become a therapist already with my partner. So he's kind of seen me grow and every now and then we'll kind of talk about that like I remember when I was in school and I you know we'd be learning some cool concept or some shit would click in my brain you know and I'd be like oh my god here's this thing this whole psychological concept and he was just like I already know like he got the stuff that I had to go to freaking school for so it was a lot of like he really gets it so he's actually taken a lot of that understood so he understands a lot of the things that I'm going through like just more naturally if that makes sense and he's a meditation teacher and so a lot of the stuff that we talk about really overlaps too like we obviously we talk about mindfulness and how that it affects different people in the school that he's going through he's actually getting a certification in it now 
and it's very like trauma informed and all of this stuff and very like they have this whole multicultural thing that they did and this trauma informed thing that they did and so a lot of this stuff is like really overlapping so we can have these really awesome conversations about that but i will also say that both of us will call the other one out like don't you talk to your people about this like shouldn't you know how to do this a little better but it's kind of an advantageous too because we can then kind of like create like code phrases so like if I'm being a little snarky and responding to him defensively because I got some story in my head and I'm being an asshole, he can ask me, oh, where are you feeling that in your body? And as much as I'm like mad about it because he's turning my techniques on me, I'll stop and I'll be like, in my chest, motherfucker, you know? And it's like, but it works and it changes the direction that we're going. And so for me, it's it's kind of been cool, at least in this partnership. You know, there are other relationships that's a little messier. But so I, I feel lucky in that regard. Like, it's actually pretty cool. So uh, I'm going to pass it on to Josh. Um, I've been married going on 19 years. And uh, I've only been doing the coaching uh, for about two years. I think that most of our routines were kind of baked in at this point. And whether I went from being a journalist to a coach or a magician or a marine mm. biologist, we were still going to be very hard baked in what we do. And it's kind of the same with, with her that she has uh, gone from the, uh, she, she was, she was the head of, customer service at a host at the hospital and now is a uh is, is a medical assistant and she's going for uh I don't know what she's going for but I keep doing a lot of her homework um anyway um yeah she comes home and she wants to tell me 101 stories about things that happened at work and uh and I always no matter where she's working I learn all the characters and I ask enough questions and I kind of have this whole tv show in my head about what she does during the day and she has absolutely zero interest in anything that I've done while she's been away. And I'm cool with that because I have absolutely zero interest of sharing. So it works out very well. I get to hear more stories, which I love about these people who I've never met. I mean, years, I just, I've never met them, um, but I have them, you know, their full character sketches in my head. She doesn't know anything other than I just randomly do a podcast on every Friday night and I've, or every Friday afternoon or whatever it is, every other Friday afternoon. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know specifically how much she knows about what's going on in my life. Um, despite the fact I can tell you, you know, the thread count of her socks, cause she tells me everything. Um so it, it, but, but it works. And I don't think that after, you know, 17, 18, 19 years of marriage and uh, let me see, I met her and then I got her pregnant 20 minutes later and then we got married. Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm not, I'm, I'm not shitting you. Second date, second date was when it happened. Um, and, and here we are 20 years later. So that actually shows, you know, if you are committed to something, it can work. Um but I think that uh, at this point, we are the old married couple. And even if we won the Powerball, we would still be having the exact same dynamics with each other at this point. So uh, not, not, not much changes. It's just that uh, I think that for people who uh, experience that kind of stuff, it's just probably, uh, 
You don't have you don't have those routines that come with having kids and doing things day after day after day after day after day. The exact fucking groundhog same year after year. And sure, the Christmas gifts get more expensive and the kids get mouthier, but it really just feels the same. So anyway, that'll, that's that's my piece for, t- for today. Chris, I want you to talk because you're laughing and I haven't heard your laugh yet today. I did laugh. I laughed earlier. <laughs> I was probably answering the door here. Some creepy dude showed up. I opened the door because I have I have that thing on it. And I'm like, oh, did I leave my lights on or something? And he's just like, you're not the man I'm looking for. And I was so relieved. I was so relieved that I was not the man he was looking for because i didn't want to be that man i don't know his story but i don't want to be that man I oh prefer- man yeah oh my god <laughs> how exciting highlight of my night he's gonna come back <laughs> if you do take us with you group session that's 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 why i put the thing in the door so he can get in next time <laughs> Wow. Okay. So it sounds like we're pretty much all married. (laughs) The way this is going. Um, I am also married. Um, I've been married for nine going on 10 years. Um, Wow, Jess. (laughs) Sorry, my face is loud. Okay. I didn't even know. Who knew? Did anybody know? She's so funny. No, I knew. I knew Chris was. Does married. your family know? Oh. Most definitely. Are you married too? My husband is a computer programmer, um, or software engineer is the official title, um, and like most in that field, um, is not in on that high of a level when it comes to emotional, uh, you know capabilities as I am right so there's there's the dynamic and that um which I don't think was ever an issue before but but we did get married before I was a therapist um and much younger and dumber (laughs) like we all are uh when we're young um and I think that what's changed is that um, I do need that more often. And so it has been like an evolution to see like a, the change and to see like, hey, like we change as we grow older, just like we just like we do. Um, we evolve. What we used to like isn't the same as what we like now. We recognize the things that we did before was stupid. We recognize um, you know, the things that we do now are more who we are. And we have so much better conversations. We're more upfront and we're better friends than we were before, I believe. Um, and so I do think that it does, um, you know, it, it, it matters so much in, in, in the space of understanding who the two of you are. And also recognizing that your spouse can't be everything to you right? We have, that's why we do need our friends. That's why we do need our families because like that part of myself that I do need uh, to fulfill, like when I've had a really rough 
session or I just want to cry my eyes out um, because I feel I, I'm very much empathetic. So like when David was talking about that stuff, I was like, I 1000% agree with you. And that's the kind of therapist I am. But sometimes I can drown in being in that that water and I and it overwhelms me and I, it can come home where I'm just so deeply in that space. Um, doesn't always happen. I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm, I've gotten stronger over the years. Um, but when it does, like, you know, maybe my husband isn't, isn't the person that I talk to for that. Maybe it's like, you know, my mom or my sister or like a really close friend or a colleague, right? Many of my colleagues have been there for me for that. Um, so I am completely blessed and I'm glad that I'm able to look at it a different way but yeah it's a it's an experience to say the least uh, but yeah Sam let's hear from you what's going on with you what's going on I'm the only one David you David and I are the only ones that are only big. ones yep. you know what though what's weird is that in the last few months everyone thinks I'm married and I'm like what I have my clients being like you married and I'm like no um so dating I guess as a therapist um so I I'm in a relationship now um and that's going on like five months now and that's going really well but I definitely had the experience of dating other people where it was almost like there was too much going on like mental health stuff or whatever and it was like I need to really set my boundaries because I am not your therapist I know that you think I'm like, it would be, it was kind of borderline, like, I've never had this connection before with someone. No one's ever listened to me like this, whatever. And I'm like, I know I'm really good at it. That's how I'm making my living. But also, yo, like, I ain't going to be your everything. (laughs) So like, I've had to be like, peace out to those. I've also dated and been in a relationship with people that are like the complete opposite. As a therapist, don't you just validate everything? Don't you just tell everyone that it's okay no matter what they do and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, um, yes, we validate feelings, but that doesn't mean like we like say it's okay for behaviors. I think there was a lot of insecurity in that relationship. And because like I was going to therapy as well, I think they were really threatened by like me leveling up as a person. So that and, you know, they were just like, I don't you just go to therapy and just get validated. I'm like, that's not what therapy is because they're very really directive. They were like a personal trainer and they're like, I just want to go in and tell people to do this, this and that. And I'm like, that's not what you do as a therapist. They have to decide it as themselves and you can guide them along that path, but also you're there to hold space. And so there was that. And then now it's like, you know, those memes that you see where they're like, you know, if we're going to date, I need you to give me your receipt that you are either going to therapy or you've been there. So like, that's where I'm at now, you know? And so the guy I'm dating was, had never been to therapy before. So now he is actually going and not because I'm like, you should go. I talk about how I love it so much. I go myself. He goes for his own stuff. And it's so helpful because it's like, what are you working on? What am I working on? Even as a therapist, I go to therapy. I do my check-ins, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Show of hands for those of us who do their own work in their own therapy or have in the past. Currently. Yes. For Tomorrow those morning who are listening, yes, for those <laughs> listening, all of our hands are raised. And I, I love how you mentioned Sam and David will get to you, I promise. 
but I love how you mentioned, Sam, how your partner is in therapy too. I made that very clear with my partner. I am not your fucking therapist. Yes, I'm a therapist, but I'm not your therapist. I'm here for you to vent, but I'm not here to give you advice. You are not my client. I'm biased as fuck. This is why we don't treat friends and family. We are biased. There is a really fucked up, speaking of power differentials, mm -hmm. it's fucking wrecked. I mean, there's a difference between therapy and, here girl, let me get you some Ben and Jerry's. Let's talk about how that guy has a huge ego and a, <laughs> a huge what? <laughs> a huge ego and the biggest, it could go the opposite way. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My brain tripped up on that for a second. <laughs> Freudian moment. <laughs> I love how you caught that. And what? That, that, that in, in the stinky kiki. Stinky kiki. That was awesome. I'm a man like that. Let's get some ice cream. Talk about this guy's got a huge. The, the huge <laughs> ego and the stinky kiki. There you go. There you go. But still, it's so important that. You know, if you're listening, if you're the partner of a therapist, go to therapy. It might help because we're not your therapist. And I know that helps my partner. We each have our own therapist. But it does make my fucking day that his therapist uses the same modalities. And pretty much every session, she's saying verbatim what I say. So it's like two of me. It's kind of great. But I want to hear from you, David. What's it like dating as a therapist? Um... It's fun. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, first of all, I mean, like I said, uh, it's much more respected now. Um, yeah, I'm on uh, Hinge. And, um, and I had a pretty serious girlfriend earlier this year for a few months. And um, it's helped me in terms of like setting boundaries. Like I feel like even though I don't therapize, like I kind of keep some of the lessons that I learned. Um, and it's like, well, I don't want to do something that I wouldn't want my clients to do, you know? So I wouldn't let myself take be taken advantage of and very mindful of, uh, of uh, love bombing or moving too quickly. Uh, that's something that uh, I used to fall prey to a lot. Uh, and so I'm very mindful of that uh and uh yeah i think um it's it's helped me a lot to you know know about uh boundary setting and so uh i feel like i'm in a good position to date uh single and uh you know uh if uh if i do get married i you know i know what uh i know what the red flags are and i know what the green flags are and so um, I'm, I'm glad I've waited, uh, as long as I have in my life to, uh, get married. Uh, and so, yeah, I think, uh, if it does happen, whenever it happens, uh, you know, I think it'll be, it'll be the right and I'll, uh, I'll take my time. Yeah. So David, what I'm hearing, this is Sam's idea, by the way, we should do a podcast where we make a dating profile for you. I want to hear more about the red flags. Like, are, what? Yes. To what extent are we doing this? Like, are we weeding out the bipolars and borderlines? Like, I want to know. You know. <laughs> I mean, unless they're being managed. 
True. It could be managed. I met a lot of clients. That's and true. Who have I feel like too. They can. Yeah, too. They can yeah. I feel like I feel like uh, I used to be very susceptible to like love bombing, <clears throat> like moving in too quickly. Like, hey, you know, we should move in together. <laughs> That's great. Everything's going great. And I'm like, mm, looking back, I'm like, probably shouldn't have done that. Mm. Probably should have waited before, you know, my girlfriend met my parents. You know. <laughs> You know, even even if the timelines are like kind of subjective, uh, I still think, uh, you know, more boundaries are uh, better. Whereas, you know, I think I used to just kind of uh, throw caution to the wind like, uh, oh, I should just be uh, grateful to be be able to even have a girlfriend. That's I think how my mm -hmm. attitude used to be. And now I'm a little more uh, a little more selective because I can be <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, Bitch is lucky to have you. What's that? Ah, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that. I'm here for that. Absolutely. So speaking of families, that actually seg or moves into, not segues, I can't use that word too much in a day, but, <laughs> and then Josh pointed out, I can't spell the word segue for shit, but. Well, you can, it's just the wrong one. <laughs> Hard. Words are hard. I don't know. Anyone else struggle with words? Like, I know that as therapists, we should be good with words, but sometimes I suck ass when it comes to words. Words are hard sometimes. They are. So hard. Yeah. Especially the word hard. <laughs> are we going back to that big dick comment? Oh, goodness. <laughs> the huge ego. There you go. I was I was just trying to be punny, but you all went there. Dirty. <laughs> dirty minds. I'm just saying. At least I own up to it. But this is going to be the worst transition ever from that to this. But next podcast, we I'm known for my transitions. One of my They're excellent. I love it. I'm most here for seriously, it. I my clients, it's a running thing because I had one Me session where we were talking about plants. And I was like, you know, with plants, I typically just water it and hoping for the best. Speaking of watering it and hoping for the best, where's the depression at this week? I do the same thing. And my husband does it to me a lot of times. He'll be like, speaking of something totally different, and then he'll just jump into whatever it is that his brain went to next. So yeah, that's definitely how we live our lives. Yeah, it's great. It's great. But <laughs> next podcast, we are going to be discussing Encanto like all the other fucking therapists on this planet. Everybody. But it is ripe with just awesomeness from the music to the storyline, to the characters, to the visuals. So for those listening, if you haven't watched the movie yet, you might want to skip on this next podcast and then come back because it will be chock full of spoilers. Yeah, so we will be exploring that. We will have a nice fitting spider pages to go with it. But I did want to wrap up with news and or marketing. So anyone who would like to step into the spotlight and share, take it away. I got this, which is my license. I am now a licensed mental health counselor. I am no longer yeah. a registered intern and I can practice independently. Woohoo! Woo! Go me. <laughs> yeah. Had to brag a little. That's Congratulations. Thank you. So excited. I visited my office today. Um, <gasps> Yay! I, I it's so cute. She shared it's so pictures. Cute. It's so cute. It has like a wraparound porch, nice, cozy little. 
face, but I haven't been in person since literally the start of the pandemic. So it's kind of nice, even though it's just going to be for like one session and the rest are telehealth. It's still nice to be in an office and feel legit. Not that I needed that to validate anything, but nah, a session fun. in my PJs all day long only gets me so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been forced to go back to the office. You know, Her tone, I've been forced. <laughs> Not happy. Not. <laughs> I've been in the office this entire time since the start of the pandemic. Wow. I've been in an office for part of it, but doing telehealth in my office alone with another therapist doing telehealth in her office alone because we have to have boots on like Mm -hmm. another licensed person on like you know in the building so yeah or I've been here so yeah I've been having to go to an office this whole time I was doing home visits in the field man yuck Mm -mm. no thank you Uh good for you I respect you that is good I'm glad there's folks like you because it's not me but not anymore. But that was in the oh. beginning. Yeah. So I, I've lost all the respect I just earned. Oh, no. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> what else is yeah, going I, on? I, News announcement? Last time I was in an office was nine years ago and I was getting fired. Wow. Oh. Uh, yeah, because because I was a drunk back then. But uh, I, I just want I, I want to express my disappointment and in myself and in the world. I was going to tell everybody I made 50,000 followers and 900,000 likes on TikTok, but I'm at 49.9 and 899. I almost made it so I could announce it here, but I was fucking close, but I didn't make it. So that's making it enough. That much. Yes. That's making it enough. That's like the B plus. You know, yeah. Well, I gotta get these make degrees. When I get to to fifty, then I get all kinds of extra ways to make money. So, um, I I almost what's your? I almost want to make a TikTok just so I can follow and give you one more, but I know better than to do that. No, I'll get TikTok. TikTok's not bad for the first ten hours that you have to curate what you see. Yeah, first ten hours really suck. I will. I will never come out of that hole. No. I mean, I love but TikTok, your, but yeah, tell everybody that's listening how they can follow you, and you can hit your uh, your, yeah. your fifty. Share yeah. the beats. Well, it's not going to happen tonight, but um, it's 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 P addict recovery. Um, uh, yeah, P addict recovery. Um, okay. um, support me, and 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 <laughs> there's a way to give me the best marketing ever. Help him. Help me. For five cents, you can help uh, (laughs) help Josh get to his feet. For 78 cents a day, that's less than a cup of coffee. You too can help Joshua Shea get clean water and suitable clothing. (laughs) I wish I had my dogs out here. Help the Josh. Right? ACPCA (laughs) commercial. I can't I can't look in those dogs eyes it's just breaks my heart it's so depressing we played that song when we adopted my puppy Mm. (laughs) and then it's Luna for those of you who have met Luna it's literally a possum meets a rat with a little bit of crack that's my dog she is (laughs) weird she stole a whole roll of toilet paper 
the other night from the bathroom and ate half of it. She's a tiny oh, chihuahua. No. I don't know how oh. she fit a whole roll in her face. I don't even know. Ball bites. Yeah. I don't <laughs> No, she took the whole roll. Like the whole thing. I know. That's the I don't even it's insane. Wow. One bite at a time. One bite at a time. One small I, bite I commend for Chihuahua. <laughs> I do. Speaking, speaking of Chihuahuas <laughs> and pets, um, actually a great transition that time. I love the ironic one, so I'm a little disappointed in myself. But I am trained in writing emotional support animal letters or ESA letters for those. Woohoo! So, and I do it legit, not just the bullshit. Like, yeah, you got a dog, cool. Like I do a full ass assessment. And for those who are experienced or familiar with ESAs and who have thought about doing it, there are new legislatures and laws about writing ESA letters. At least I know in California, you have to have a 30 day working relationship, working therapeutic relationship with that client. So I follow all of those. I'm up to date on all of that. And I am looking in the future to get trained in gender affirming letters as well. So that's on its way and in the works. I want to do that training. That looks so interesting. Oh, amazing. I have one more announcement. <clears throat> Your girl might be speaking at Comic-Con, so. Ooh. Oh my God, that will be dope as fuck. Um, (laughs) Speaking on. Take us with you. Yeah, yeah, speaking on video games and therapy. My my thing. That's awesome. That's your thing. Yay. Super, super happy about that. Before we wrap up, any other announcements, special news? Yeah, so like I had actually talked about this last year, but now it's this year, so it actually happened. I am the pre licensed representative for the Los Angeles chapter of CAMP, which is California Association of Marriage and Family Therapists. Yeah, so I wanted to announce that we are going to be having our first pre licensed meet and greet online for January. It's going to be January 31st um, at 6 p.m. So if you want the Zoom link to come sit and chat with other pre-licensed professionals and get to see me and other of your colleagues, um, it's free to attend. You don't have to be a member to attend. Um, Please go to www.lacamp.org or if you just want the details, you can feel free to email pre-licensed at lacamp.org um, to get the details. Um, I will be putting that information on my um, social media. So check out my Instagram. You know, my Instagram is, it is Paladin MFT. So check that out for all the details, guys. would love to see you there. That'd be cool. Okay. Yay. And if you're not following all of us, you definitely should. And for those not knowing what's going on with Josh's screen, I told him that his lamp <laughs> with it cut off looked like a stick of butter. So Josh is not going crazy. It's me driving Josh crazy. <laughs> but if you are not following all of us, you are missing out. As I said earlier, we all have such awesome badassery. What's the butter part? The, okay, the top part of the shade was cut off and it looked part like a looks stick like butter. of butter. Yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if I would lick a lamp in a hotel, but you know. You know. Okay. So. I don't know either, but. 
I'll still be your friend. There's a first time for everything. That is true. That is true. And apparently weird shit happens in hotels. So with that being said, next time we will be going over Encanto. It will be a fun party. We're going to talk about all the awesome things in it. So come join the party. It'll be a nice big family here. Thank you for joining us. And until then, stay good, my friends.